You're listening to Double Exposure with Sophia Lemon and Petro, a photography podcast on both the creative aspects and business side of photography. Join the conversation on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group. And here's Petro and Sophia. Welcome back to Double Exposure Show with myself, Petro, and Sophia Lemon. This is uh, episode 17, and you can find show notes for today's episodes on doubleexposure.show slash episodes slash 17. And please join the conversation on Facebook at uh, Double Exposure Show Group. We're looking uh, forward to seeing you there. And uh, welcome back. What's uh, new, Sophia? I don't even know where to start. Um since this is a re-recording of episode 17. Yes, it is. Because someone screwed up the audio. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was that? <laughs> it was probably Ego. That's true. For those of you who don't know, Ego is not just a delicious refrigerator treat. It's also Sophia's ginger cat. Yeah. So He's, um, he's sitting behind me right now. <laughs> I don't think he's very happy that I outed him as the problem with our original right. episode 17 recording. <laughs> <laughs> but no. um, uh, the lesson here is that next time somebody says, uh, you know, your audio sounds a little funny. Just look look into it. Don't say it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So the and for those of was, you who aren't following. Yep. I was going to say, for those of you who aren't following to this yet, it was all Sophia's fault. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my, I guess my audio sounded really echoey, and I didn't... I mean, my audio, audio normally sounds echoey because I'm in a, a big open room. Um, but apparently, when we were recording, um, my computer recorded from two microphones. Mm, so it was very echoey. <laughs> two, microso- two microphones, one track... Yeah. Yeah, that will make for one egoy sound. Yeah, and I listened no to it and I went, ego. oh, I could fix this, and I couldn't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, we're back. And yeah, I'm a photographer. I'm not an audio engineer. Right? <laughs> what are we doing with a podcast? Who I don't gave know. us Who gave us the tools? <clears throat> so. That but, being said, uh, um, when we originally recorded this episode, I think I started off by saying a little bit of something about my friend Ralph and his yes. wife, Carolyn, and they are developing this podcaster's toolbox, um, which I'm super excited to use. And guess what? This week I get to test out logging in, like creating an account and logging in. So I, I might actually get to log in. Nice. Uh, by the end of it, I assume the testing is to fix all of the errors, but um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I sent you a bunch of screenshots of what it can do, and I'm like really excited to start using it. I Darn know, it. Me, me too. I keep texting him saying, is it is it up yet? <laughs> 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 but no. So, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, hope we start using that soon. Yeah, um, me too. I can't wait to check it out either. Because again, uh, we are <laughs> photographers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Any um, little help we can get is would be really nice. I know. So, so this morning it was super duper icy out. Did you guys get freezing rain last night? Of course. Um, yeah. I tried to take the dog for a walk and <laughs> Fell I down. just turned. Ar- I turned around and I walked around the backyard on the grass. And uh, of course, there's puddles, and he's like a little diva. I don't know. Yeah. He's, <laughs> no, no, no. He loves puddles. He loves mud. 
that's that's what he looks for. So when he came back in, I had to wipe him down for about ten minutes. Um, Good. <laughs> and then he he fights. He thinks it's a game, so he he tries to bite the towel and roll around, and you're like, stop it. <laughs> but uh, we got through it. So yeah, wow. lots of ice, lots of problems. Um, but uh, you know, good excuse to stay home and not not go out. <laughs> yeah. So do, I was. Yeah, I was. From home. Yeah, I was supposed ahead. to go to the gym this morning, and. Um, I knew that there was going to be freezing rain, so I sort of emotionally prepared myself to not go to the gym this morning. (laughs) (laughs) And I woke up and I went, I'm just going to go on the bike. So I went on the bike and then um, come upstairs, do a little bit of work on my computer, go downstairs to make some tea. And of course, there's some guys here looking at the heat pump because it's been making some really wacky noises. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. And of course, I'm in my sweats, and I'm literally sweaty and gross. And they're, they're probably like, "You don't I'm need like, heat. Look at her." I know. <laughs> like, I couldn't poor have girl's like, like dying. I couldn't have like cleaned up and put myself together a little bit. No, no, no. no I just said hey, I got to be your, gross. It's your house. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's professional. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure I look super professional. <laughs> take a take a selfie and post it on our group. Oh no, and, no one uh, wants to the, see that. Let, <laughs> let everybody else judge. It's uh I have no makeup on. Um my hair um if I don't do it, um I pull my hair back and I kinda look like Einstein, like it sticks out at the sides. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not a very That's good funny. look. <laughs> so yeah, well, for me, it's a good excuse to work from home. Um, yeah. Although I have uh, I have a pile of work uh, piling up, for lack of a better term, um, that I better get to sooner than later so that everything can get out before the end of the week and actually get to the clients. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and But um, this icy weather just uh, and your gym experience just give me an idea or rather... A, I just came to a conclusion why so many people fail their New Year's resolutions. Everybody makes these New Year's resolutions to, you know, be more active, lose weight, go to the gym. But then it snows a lot. And so they go, well, I guess I'll stay home. (laughs) And eventually it just uh, perpetuates into this lazy lifestyle where everybody's like, oh, I guess it didn't work for me. Next year. There's always next year. (laughs) This is why we have New Year's resolutions and not like, like... Canada Day resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody um, would be super fit. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, we have Christmas in July, so why not have a new year in August? Yeah, good point. Uh, right? So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, all that preparation uh, and uh, procrastination mm-hmm. um, can, can really fight with each other. And I find that a lot of uh, people starting out, hopefully a lot of our listeners, uh, aren't procrastinating on getting the ball rolling yeah. uh, on their business. So... In the last episode, we touched on uh, some pointers and ideas and details about how to get started and, you know, what you should expect and uh, things like that. I guess we didn't really cover too much um, about cost of certain things because it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but the next step, you know, is, is sort of the, you know, the now what? Okay, so, um, which is ironically today's episode, right? Um what do you do after you get started? What what then? I mean, uh, you have uh, 
you have your domain name, you have your website uh, set up, you have a Facebook page, you even have a Twitter account, you're putting things on Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, whatever, you know, you have a phone number, people can call and reach you, email address. Great, fantastic. You're ready to do the work. You have the gear, you have the passion, the desire, and it's not even snowing out, so you're going to go out. Uh, but now what? How do you actually get the clients to call you? And uh, sort of, you know, what's next? So what, what I, what I want to say is there's no actual recipe for this. Uh, instead, what we can do is give you some pointers and guides uh, for things that have worked for both uh, Sophia and I in the past and sort of give you a roadmap to uh, get to where you want to go. Uh, but the rest is going to be up to you. You know, it's going to depend how much effort you put into it because you can't just uh, sit around and wait for the phone to ring. It's literally not going to happen uh, unless your aunt calls you to wish you a happy birthday or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, where do we start, Sophia? What, uh, what, what, what are some of your pointers? Well, the, probably, I mean, my advice is never to sit in front of Facebook. Um, I did say in episode 15 to post to it regularly. Um, but once you have your website and your Facebook set up, you really need to get out of the house and go and meet people. And it was suggested to me by Ralph that I join a business networking group. Mm -hmm. So when he gave me that advice, I did actually go out and try a couple of BNI meetings. So BNI is Business Networking International. And it's a group, um, relatively small group in, um, in communities. Um, and there's one person from each industry. So there would only be one photographer or even more specifically one wedding photographer, one commercial photographer. And you go and you have a chance to, you know, give your elevator pitch. Um, you get about 60 seconds to each meeting, which is weekly, um, just to tell people a little bit about what you do and then tell them what you're looking for. So what you need from them. And basically the idea of these networking groups is that you refer people among yourselves. So, I mean, you have breakfast with these people every week, so you get to know them pretty well. And then you feel really comfortable referring people between each other. And you have like so many referrals or so many dollars worth of referrals that you want to send between each other through the year. And so you're super motivated to do that. Um, and I tried it. It didn't work so well for me. I just didn't like the atmosphere so much, but I definitely see the value in it. Mm -hmm. So when we originally recorded this episode, we did talk a little bit about how these networks are, they're not inexpensive. So these groups, I mean, you, you spend several hundred dollars a year um, to be a member of these groups. And I think most photographers starting out would be like, nah, I'm not spending that money. But mm -hmm. honestly, um, if you go to a couple meetings just to try them out, and you like it, I would definitely suggest spending the money because you are actually going to get a return on that. Um, so the return on investment is there. Oh, yeah. Um, Rather yeah. than, you know, spending the same amount of money on Facebook and maybe like getting uh, like 4% of that back, mm -hmm. um, you're going to get a lot more back from um, from a networking group. And I know you sure. talked about you've been in some networking groups as well. Yeah, I've been in a networking group for myself as well as representing another business. So um, 
in the last uh, decade or so, I've uh, worked as a photographer for my studio. So as sort of self-employed, if you will. Uh, but I've also worked as a f- embedded photographer in uh, other places. Um, uh, and uh, one particularly was a, a hair salon, believe it or not. Um, but it was a great uh, place to, to do. You know, I, I was there for one day a week. And... Uh, uh, basically 10 hours. That's all I owed them every week. And uh, I did a, a lot of stuff from home, you know, so kind of like editing, whatever, but I did a lot of stuff there and I wasn't the one, you know, taking like before and after photos or anything, but we were doing a lot of, uh, um, work in, in terms of, um, even Mark, even something as simple as, as taking some photos of the salon to post on Facebook or when clients wanted some really professional headshots, we collaborated within the salon with hair and makeup team. And there was even a space in the salon where we had a, a kind of a headshot studio set up. So it was it was really good. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And the salon was actually part of a networking group. And um, we would go out uh, every Thursday and represent the salon. Uh, for an hour, it was a it was a great time to go out and meet all the people in the in the industry. And uh, this networking group it was called uh, LEA, which is London Executive Association, and they had basically top vendors there. Um, and there was actually already another photographer in the group, uh, but he didn't shoot weddings. Funny enough, and even though they didn't let me in to the group as a photographer because I already had. Um, rather, I wasn't just doing weddings. I also did uh, exactly the same thing that this other photographer was doing. They allowed me to get uh, wedding contracts from clients. So there was a lot of referrals from clients, but uh, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that referred each other to to each other's business. It was basically like uh, a group of friends that met every Thursday for lunch. Um, It was very, very good, very unique. And I do recommend you going and joining. Now, the group I was uh, a member of uh, for my business, for Lux Photography Company, the the group was a, a little different. Um, they had a slightly different agenda. It was more about the product that, that they were selling. Uh, and it's going to be very difficult to, to explain. Um, but basically, they were trying to have you use like their networking website and uh, uh, basically trade dollars with, with, each, with each other. And uh, so you had this kind of virtual currency. But I do have to admit that even this networking group, uh, rather a networking exchange, um, brought me a lot of business. Now, the only problem was the business that it brought me um, was paid in this virtual currency that I had to spend with the other members. Mm-hmm. So you were only limited, you know, like you... The, the first networking group I, I mentioned uh, allowed me to uh, be referred to the people's neighbors, to people people's you know relatives, whatever. Um, and I was paid in cold hard cash, so to speak. Whereas uh, this other network exchange, it it yielded a lot of business and it brought me a lot of uh, revenue. Unfortunately, that revenue I could only spend with. Um, the other members, <laughs> so yeah. not not a bad thing because uh, I needed um, I needed some car repairs and I was able to spend it with a mechanic. Um, so there's still still benefit to that, right? I mean, um, 
I'm still a, a member of this uh, exchange of this group, but uh, I'm very selective. And the, some groups will allow you to be in multiple groups. Uh, that's why they make their meetings on different days and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, but you know, at the end of the day, it's all about getting out and actually shaking hands, uh, high-fiving people and meeting people face-to-face. And you'll be surprised um, that how many young entrepreneurs like yourself, perhaps, are out there who are running successful, legitimate businesses mm-hmm. that are doing really well in the community. Yep. And sometimes you just look and you go, wow, I, I mean, this is a big business. I had no idea that it's run by a 27-year-old. and. Yep. Um, and th- these people, they, they grow with you. If you impress them, they will constantly con- and continue to uh, hire you, to refer you, and it's, it's just fantastic. Now, yeah. this goes a little further, too, and I mean, I'm going to share a little bit, uh, a little something that was huge success for me right away, and I haven't even been a big part of this group uh, for a long time. Um, Ever since we found out that we're expecting a little one, um, one of my friends, uh, well, Brandon David, actually, he uh, added me to this Facebook uh, group, uh, and it's called uh, Dad Club London. And um, this uh, this group basically is about a two and a half thousand member uh, Facebook group that is full of, the, it's only dads either expecting dads or actually already fathers uh, from the London area. So uh, majority are in London itself. Some are from the outskirts, like like myself, like Kamoka, Mount Bridges, even St. Thomas, whatever. It's about a 30-kilometer radius, if you will. And it, there's a, probably a post every 15 minutes about something that they need. You know, somebody's... Uh, uh, looking to have their room painted and they they don't have the expertise mm-hmm. because or they're just too busy and you know there's painters in the group um, somebody was looking to have uh, winter tires put on their car and guess what uh, the uh, there's mechanics in the group who are like yeah come to my shop this is how much it is or whatever um, this uh, this group actually brands themselves, so they have hoodies, they have hats, they have beanies. Oh, it's really what a bunch cool. of nerdy dads! That's awesome. It's, <laughs> it's really nerdy, but it's really cool because you you might not know uh, the two and a half thousand members. You know, <laughs> you you see them on Facebook, but you don't really know who they are in person. Yeah. You can't. And but if but they bump into each other in Costco at the at the mm-hmm. hockey game at whatever you know at uh, like play areas uh, where they take their kids and it's it's hilarious they they'll actually That's post it in funny. the group you know I just saw <laughs> I just saw so and so with a DCL hoodie it, it's it's incredible it's fun it's a fun community and I joined it because I I have to tell you I'm scared shitless I've never yeah. been a parent and uh, I thought okay what a great place to have some advice mm-hmm. well. It turns out that almost once a week, somebody's looking for photography help. And other members started to refer me, especially uh, people who I, I do know in the group. And uh, <clears throat> my first couple of days there, I ended up doing some printing and some mounting of uh, photos for one of the dads. And as soon as they saw it, a couple of other dads reached out to me. And then I ended up doing a canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as soon as I did a canvas, uh, this person this person posted it on the Facebook group, and three other people reached out within 15 minutes, and then a fourth reached out about an hour later. Mm-hmm. So I got another four canvas orders out of that. Um, mm-hmm. Another dad did uh, something for his wife for an anniversary, and uh, he just stenciled on a little on the back of the frames. Uh, insert just the words that he wanted and i saw it and i thought it looked a little mickey mouse so i was like and he this is the this is the guy who um who i helped out right away the first the first person to reach out and so i told him hey i'm i'm gonna print you off a new a new slogan uh and it's gonna look really good you know so it's not just like stenciled and cheesy looking Mm -hmm. well as soon as i commented about four other people said wow what a great idea can you do it for me as well (laughs) so this accidental um, group joining on my part, if you will, not, not accidental at all, but, um, my intention wasn't to join it to make money in my business. My intention was to join it for some advice, some friendly, you know, back and forth and to be part of the community, um, turned out to be one of the best networking things or one of the fastest, uh, networking things that worked out for me. So, Uh, this is, these things work. If, you know, if you get a chance to join any sort of networking group, whether, whether it's virtual or one that meets once a week, you have to do it. You have to meet people face to face, get engaged, um, with the community and, and it will pay dividends. It really will. You will, you will notice that your return on investment, uh, is a lot higher from talking to people, shaking hands than it is from actually, you know, running out and spending all kinds of crazy money yeah. now in in sort of facebook's defense if you will um i know that for me uh, facebook advertising <clears throat> works very very well but i think a lot of it has to do with uh with the brand itself because if it was just you know a brand new sort of you know petro photography uh, that nobody's heard of. I don't know if, what kind of return I would get because it's it's a very saturated market. But um, we had uh, you know we had branded vehicles, we had studio signs, and we've been we've been around for a really long time. So when people see an ad for Lux Photography Company, it's they're more likely to respond to it because I already have some goodwill in the community, right? Mm-hmm. So not not dismissing anything but uh definitely uh you you're gonna have to work for that brand recognition and things like that but on that note i th- i think we should cover a co- couple of things okay, that hold on. Yeah, yeah. wait i have something to say okay <laughs> <laughs> um just about business networking if you're joining one of these groups if you are shy and you're really killing yourself to go out and join a business networking group Um, my one piece of advice is you will feel a lot more comfortable with people that you like. So go out and try them, be nervous, whatever. Um, in most cases, there will be people in these groups who will directly reach out and try to make you feel more comfortable. Um, Mm -hmm. probably because they've been doing this for a long time. Both of the meetings that I went to one in Owen Sound and one in Collingwood, I actually ended up knowing people at the meeting. So mm-hmm. in Owen Sound, I one of my former coworkers uh, was a member of the group, and in Collingwood, um, the guy who sold me my car was mm-hmm. a member of the group. So I had faces there that um, I knew, so that made me feel more comfortable. But on top of that, the people who were running the groups 
um, were really genuinely nice and kind people. Yeah. Like kind of, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, because they're running the group kind of makes sense, right? But if you, if you go to these meetings and you don't like the people, it's probably not a good fit for you. So don't continue going to business networking groups where you don't like the people because uh, the idea is to refer. It's not just for them to refer people to you, but for you to refer people to them. Right. And you have to yeah. be able to feel comfortable doing that. <laughs> so Absolutely. Um, just make sure that you, that you like the people there. You know, I bailed on a couple of groups. Like I've tried, I've probably tried about eight groups and I've bailed on a couple of them after, yeah. after probably the first meeting. Well, no, definitely after the first meeting. And I, looking back at it, I think I should have given it more, a little bit more um, than just one meeting because I've been to other networking groups where I didn't meet somebody until like the sixth meeting or something. Yeah. Because they've sent somebody else out. Because, like I said, I used to go out for, for the salon, right? I was representing the salon. I used to go out. And uh, so there, there there could be a business owner out there that you you can connect with that you just don't see. So give it more than just one or two meetings. Like, really do kind of give it the, the old yeah. college try. Well, um, <clears throat> BNI... BNI usually gives you two meetings. I think you can go to two meetings for free and then you have to start paying yearly for it, but you can go onto their website and look up your area and find the different meetings there. And you can also, um, see who's in those groups. So you could actually go and research the businesses as well. And BNI, I believe, uh, makes the meetings mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. You have to go. (laughs) Yeah. So um, there's a lot of there are a lot of groups uh, that actually meet at like six seven a.m. Yeah, uh, for breakfast. Yeah, and there's a lot of groups that meet at twelve. And I mean the the execu- the executive association met met at noon during the lunchtime, and it was all the executives. Like it wasn't just yeah, like it was it was people who basically weren't on schedule. They could meet at noon anytime, yeah. you know, they kept their Thursday afternoons free for that reason. But if you, if you are dedicated to like a nine to five, if you have a commitment of sorts, whether it's in your own studio or you do something else as you grow your business, a lot of these places have a very early, like a Wednesday or, or Tuesday meeting, get your ass out of bed and go to it. Yeah. Really. It's, you're going to meet some really good people. So, uh, but you know, don't want to oversell it either because depending on your community and the people who are in it, you might have a really bad experience, but you'll yeah. never know unless you try. Yeah. And, you know, we'd love to hear some feedback in the group. If you have done this or if you're doing it and um, you're having a good time, whatever, just, just get in the group and tell us about it. I really do want to know. And, um, you know, any feedback is, is great feedback. Now, to, just to mention that most communities also have a small business center. Like in London, mm-hmm. we actually have a place called the Small Business Center. And uh, the Small Business Center meets monthly. Uh, I believe it's the first Wednesday of every month. I uh, could be wrong. And it's a small fee. Uh, it's usually anywhere from 5 to $15 on average, depending where they meet. And um, typically, it's uh, people just like yourself who have just gone through the Small Business Center <clears throat> who have just launched a business within the last five years. And uh, I've met a lot of really cool people there. Now, you know the you know the old adage about most businesses don't make it past like second year or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's true because, <laughs> you know, I, I went for about five years. <clears throat> and um, I, 
I was bumping into same people that were on a second business. <laughs> They're yeah. like, yeah, I tried this, but you know, but, uh, anyways, you learn, you learn a lot from them. You learn, I always tell people you learn from others mistakes. So mm-hmm. why not go and start a conversation with somebody and find out, uh, what, how, th- how you can benefit from them, you know, but also you'll be surprised how much work comes your way. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? I think I got business from the BNI meetings that I went to, like the two meetings that I went to. Mm -hmm. Have you ever gotten any significant return on investment from um, like print advertising, for example? Because I will go ahead and say I have invested some money in print advertising, like in wedding magazines um, and with sponsorships and stuff, and I've gotten nothing back from them. So I encourage sponsorships if... If you know your money's doing something that you, for a cause that you believe in, yeah, right. Yeah. But don't expect, don't do it selfishly, expecting a return. Yeah. Um, I've sponsored film festivals. I've sponsored um, so many things around the area that I I really believed in that you know it it benefited the community. Um, and my very first sponsorship was for. Uh, it was it was a it was a film festival in London. Uh, it was for the for the gay community, and uh, they put an ad for me in their program and everything. I never received a single phone call. Yeah. <clears throat> and as a matter of fact, I forgot that I even did it. I just I basically wrote a check to a former coworker that worked with me while I was in college, and um, she was super excited. She was very uh, thankful and everything, and I never received a single. Uh, phone call or anything from that at all now about six seven years later I was photographing for a modeling agency and one of the agents uh, actually said your your name's very familiar and uh, it's like well okay you know whatever and uh, the next time I saw her she goes I saw your name in a program uh, for the film festival that you had sponsored. Well, that's a pretty was, good memory. Jeez. <laughs> well, she, yeah, I don't, I don't even know how she knew. She must have <laughs> asked somebody. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, anyways, I'm kind of losing my train of, train of thought here. Because I'm, I'm trying, no, no, I'm trying to think, like uh, trying to connect uh, all these all these things, all these old memories. But uh, the person who was collecting the the money for the film festival, the like a, f- a friend, a former coworker of mine, um, she, she asked, she followed up uh, maybe a few months later and said, uh, did anything ever come up from it? I said, no, I wasn't even expecting it. I mean, this is a good cause and I just want to support it. Plus, you know, it's a little write-off for my business. It's, it's fine. It is what it is. Yeah. Now, she almost felt bad about it and, or she did because she started referring people to me, like um, engagement shoots, uh, portraits and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I never really connected the two. You know, I thought that, Maybe she just did it because she felt sorry for me because I never got a return from that. Mm-hmm. But reality is she was a friend. So she hopefully she was going to refer people anyways. But uh, the bottom line here is I have never had any sort of print advertising uh, return on investment success stories at all. Yeah. Um, well, I think and- personally, if you're going to do the sponsorship route while we're on it, that especially if you're starting out, um, sponsor things with your time, you don't necessarily have the cash to give them. So if, and 
you're going to get a lot more out of it if you actually show up. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, give your time and, and use that as a way to meet people. And, I'll, and, and I'm kind of a hypocrite on this because I'll be the first one to say that you shouldn't work for free. So mm-hmm. if, if somebody uh, reaches out and says, look, we're doing uh, this um, 10K run. Can you photograph the people at the finish line? Um, just donate your time. We're all volunteers, et cetera, et cetera. We're raising money for blah, uh-huh. uh, or, you know, blank. And, um, and it's not necessarily a cause that's cl- near and dear to you. And, you know, time is money. You don't have to say yes. You can say, unfortunately, I can't help. But if it's a cause that you really do believe in and, you know, you want to give back by all means, volunteer, get your, get your ass out there and, uh, well, give also- your time. Yeah. Also, in cases like that, make sure that you are, especially if you're strapped for time, make sure that you're researching the demographics of this group. So um, make sure that the people who will be attending this are people who would pay you in the future. Absolutely. Unless it's something (laughs) that you are personally dedicated to for a cause, um, make sure that it is something that could potentially down the road equally yeah. income for you we did do one it was um, i forget what it was for unfortunately but we did two years of this we photographed uh, some kind of marathon event and um, we printed the photos on site for these people as well so it was some kind of relay where it was teams of four people and we would photograph these teams and we would print out uh, four by six uh, photos for them and then we everybody would get one and uh, what we did is we didn't charge the the venue, we didn't charge the participants, but we kept track of it. And instead, that um, sort of fake bill was uh, recorded as a donation. Mm-hmm. So we did about $1,500 worth of prints and uh, our time. Mm-hmm. And we build this company like a virtual, it was like a fake bill technically. And they wrote us a receipt for $1,500 so for donating $1,500 worth of our time. Yeah. If it's a legitimate uh, cause, if it's a legitimate um, uh, charity, they will do this for you. So at the end of the day, even though you're not gaining $1,500, you're reducing your income by $1,500, which means you're reducing your taxed amount on $1,500. Yeah. And that, that's a benefit in itself. So yeah. this cause wasn't anything that we really believed in or anything. It was just kind of helping out, helping out a friend. And, uh, but we did kind of work out something that was mutually beneficial. Yeah. And they were extremely happy with it. The only reason we didn't do it the third year um, was because one of the participants started a photography business and she decided to do it. And that's, yeah. that was totally fine. Um, I I would be surprised if they even did the same if they extended the same courtesy to her though she probably just did it for free. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, on print advertising, like if you yeah. if you're scratching your head about what is print advertising, um, like there's some old school ways to do print advertising, like uh, the yellow pages. Um, oh goodness, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or um, you know periodical 
magazines or mm-hmm. wedding uh, magazines especially yeah. when you're starting out you're probably going to get an email from some very nice person saying we have this wedding magazine we would love for you to advertise in it i have tried that once and it didn't do anything for me you know i've done it more than once i think i've done it about six times and every single time and I've you done just it, don't learn <laughs> yeah right um now I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm a brutal negotiator. Yeah. Um, these these places were places that were putting on bridal shows as well. Yeah. So a lot of bridal shows actually put out a magazine, and vice versa. A lot mm-hmm. of magazines put out a bridal show, and so I would I would negotiate kind of free print advertising, you know, into the into the rate of the booth. Uh, oftentimes, it you know it, it worked out. In the end, that I barely paid for it. Yeah. Um, but the the sad thing is, I think from advertising for four years in six different publications, I probably got three weddings. Yeah. I just don't think that my client, my type of client, was the one that was reacting to these to these ads and publications. Okay. Um, we were targeting a bit of a higher end client and. Um, somebody who was more savvy, who was probably doing less work, uh, searching for a photographer in the magazine and more just kind of going to networking groups and asking people, you know, even if it's on Facebook, you know, here's the thing about Facebook, Facebook replaced Google for, for a lot of young people because, and, and even people in our generation, um, I don't, I don't really know if people remember that Google exists. And I know they're huge, and I know Google's actually very popular and all that, but why is it that a lot of common things you can just go to Google and type it in? Everybody's just posting it on their wall on Facebook. Yep. <laughs> like, you know, you can... Sometimes it frustrates me, but re- reality is you're reaching out to your friends who may have had good or bad experiences... And uh, they're going to react to your post and tell you, you know what, I had great time here or avoid this place like the plague. It's extremely unreliable, right? Because it's typically people just go by single uh, experiences. You know, if somebody went to a restaurant and had a bad meal there once, but it was the only time this restaurant ever made a bad meal in 30 years, well, you've tainted their uh, perception of this place. So, you know, they're going to give a bad review to everyone about this place but uh long story short i think a lot of people a lot of times people just turn to facebook and turn to other kind of networking yeah. communities so. i think the the problem with um with the bridal magazines for example is that people kind of use them like pinterest they're not using them to find vendors they're using them to look up decor and yeah look at dresses find, yeah, look find at a dress makeup. they like um find out like what next year's uh, popular color schemes are. So they kind of cut this stuff out of magazines and then put it in a little scrapbook or whatever they do. I don't know. What do girls do? I, uh... <laughs> You're <laughs> but, asking me? <laughs> yeah, you probably know better than I do. <laughs> Sadly, I think you're right. Um, they, um, they, do- they dog ear these magazines. Yeah, exactly. Uh, They're not actually looking for vendors in these magazines. Um, reality is ma- magazines have been replaced by Pinterest. Okay, okay. Yeah. so even even the, the girls uh, and, and the guys who are looking through the wedding magazines... Mm-hmm. 
kind of aren't. They literally flip through it, and it yep. either ends up in the in the recycling bin, or it just gets put into a pile of because you know you're a bit of a hoarder. So you're thinking, oh, I might refer to it before the wedding yep. at some point. You never do, and ever. These people already have friends who have had an experience with a wedding photographer and their friends giving them a referral is going to count so much more in their mind than your little ad in a wedding magazine. Um, so y you really need to work on getting the referrals rather than spending a bunch of money on, um, <laughs> right. on print advertising. <laughs> now you also mentioned yellow pages mm -hmm. and can we both just say that we have both been yelled at by yellow pages staff? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I believe it. Believe it or not, I did take a like. I've been in business for seventeen years now, sixteen years actually. This is my seventeenth year, and I've had a Yellow Pages ad, um, a color, a color ad for that matter. Um, and <laughs> the only reason I did it, yeah, like I've never believed in Yellow Pages as a viable advertising solution. You know, it's just a directory, but. I took them up on it because they gave me a bunch of online advertising. They produced a video for me with narration. And I thought, okay, this could be the way. This could be the new medium. Nope. <laughs> Facebook came along and just killed it. Google yeah. killed everything. So, uh, and these Facebook, or sorry, these Yellow Pages uh, sales agents, they're brutal. They literally like get upset and angry at you for saying no to them and they try to close you. And, one of them even made me feel stupid because he's like, well, if you don't value business, I guess you don't have to you know, advertise with us, um, which made me kind of a, a little bit of a, uh, an asshole to him. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, you're, you're a salesperson for an advertising company. What do you know about business? Like you're, <laughs> you're sitting behind a phone and just, just selling ads. You go home and you, you, you know, what do you do then? Yep. And uh, that guy hung up on me. <laughs> so um, I never received a phone call from Yellow Pages since. They probably blacklisted yep. me, thank goodness. But, yep. uh, you know, don't, don't, be in, don't be a dick to me. That's, that's <laughs> all I'm asking. Um, but uh, you and, know and who they're else? Not, they're not inexpensive, by the way. Like Yellow Pages, Canada 411, they are not inexpensive to advertise with. No. Nope. And all you're getting is a listing in a demographic or sorry in a geographic area with like your phone number and maybe your website like it's not like they're giving you a gallery of images and people are not going to yellow pages to look up um well frankly i don't think we're gonna get a call from yellow pages yelling at us again so um yellow pages i mean i don't think people go to yellow pages to look things up anymore um all you the know, conversations I've had we, with Yellow Pages and Canada 411, they tell me that, you know, their SEO is so good that their results show up at the top of Google. Yeah, because they pay for the ads yeah. <laughs> on Google. Yeah, and so their geographic um, listings show up at the top of Google. So these people are already searching on Google. They're not searching on Yellow Pages or Canada 411. Um, so Essentially, what Yellow Pages is doing is they're se selling you Google AdWords on their yeah, own platform. Yeah. And this is an explicitly rated show. So Yellow Pages, if you're listening, you know, I, I'm I'm not I'm gonna hold back. I'm just gonna say screw you. <laughs> I wanted to say something. I am something not else. gonna say screw you because I'm more polite than that. However, I also do not like your service. Yeah. <laughs> and I am so sorry. 
<laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I want to say more. I'm not. I know. I'm but, not really sorry. But, <laughs> so, but on that note, there's there's other people who have yelled at me on the phone. Um, one particular uh, one is um, it's it's a Groupon rival. I forget. Jeez, I forget their name again. I, I thought. <laughs> I know that there was one at one point, and I can't remember what it was either. Yeah. Uh, Groupon's green and, and these guys are yellow. So <laughs> if you remember, maybe give us a shout in the group. But uh, Groupon has been a little bit less um, aggressive with me. But those buggers are persistent. They basically try. And if you have been contacted by Groupon and you're thinking about it, my advice is don't. Just, yep. just cut your losses. Yes, you will get hundreds, maybe even into thousands of uh, people who will be your clients. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. There was there was actually a local photographer who sold. Now you can you can cap these. You uh, you can say you know only one hundred or two hundred five hundred available. Um, I don't think this individual capped it because she was in the just a little bit over a thousand people bought her package. Now her package was nineteen dollars for a photo shoot. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Photo shoot and digital files with two five by sevens. Ugh, would that's a like lot of <laughs> that would cost me more to produce than it would to like I wouldn't be getting any money off of that. Well, and the thing is, the way that the the Groupon sells it to you is that they they say, well, you know what? Yes, you're not really making money. You're getting a little bit, but you're gaining a client. And if you do a great job. Word of mouth is going to make this client refer other people and also come mm-hmm. back next time you <clears throat> need stuff. Okay, I and, would. Uh, I need to say something about that. You can finish your thought though. Yeah, and and then they <clears throat> will tell you that next time when they come back, they will pay regular prices. <clears throat> and that's the problem: is that the customer who's looking for a photographer on Groupon is going to go back to Groupon to find another photographer. Or they will come back to you expecting to get the same deal that they got with you the first time on Groupon. And when you tell them that that is not your normal prices, that this was a special, they'll say, well, I'm just going to go back to Groupon to find another photographer if you're not going to give me these prices. And also, I would like to say that not all referrals are equal. So if these are the people who price shop like this, they spend $20 on photos, um, I don't think they are likely to be referring you people who are going to spend $1,500 on wall art for their home. <clears throat> it's, it's more about finding better clients than finding more clients. And what you're going to do on Groupon is you're going to get yourself into this loop where you have to do more and more work and bring in more and more clients just to keep up. And it's exhausting. <laughs> you, won't, you won't Groupon. be able to make, sustain it. <laughs> I love Groupon as a consumer. Yeah, to, for sure. To try out high-end restaurants yes. that I would have never tried out because I don't know what they're like and their reviews are pretty bad. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so people always talk, oh, you got you to gotta go to this place. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and I know that they have a kind of a higher entree prices you know if it's if it's a $40 entree on a regular night I don't think I'm gonna go and try it right yeah like but if it if they're on Groupon for you know for couples night out for 30 bucks or something I'm all over that I'll I'll get that why not because it's it's a unique uh experience and you know what if I love it if I absolutely love it 
I'm not going back <laughs> because they're still super expensive. Now, if it's a special event, whatever, fine. But, you know, the, a lot of places that I've tried out with a Groupon, like dining establishments or, um, um, you know, kind of like experiential things where it's, it's you know, you experience something, whether it's bowling or what, what have you. I'm, I don't even remember uh, the kind of things I bought on Groupon. I, I haven't gone back. I honestly yeah. haven't. Um, mm-hmm. Simply because it was it was kind of it was a very experiential thing. I just wanted to experience it. Yeah. I didn't want to spend a lot of money and done. Now I have booked a couple of hotels through Groupon. Yep. And um, that worked out really well because even though they would have been roughly the same price booking through the hotel or through like a different site, the Groupon deals offered like three days worth of like meals, <laughs> vouchers for meals. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. And so, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, I did a search for the for the other website. It was called Living Social. Now, ah. Yeah. Now, a friend a friend of mine did do Living Social, and he said he he made a little bit of money. Like at the end of it, he pretty much broke even for his time. Yeah. But he photographed only about sixty or seventy clients, not a thousand. So, so this this other photographer, I want to finish about this because it's ridiculous. Um, she offered her package for $19 for 30 minutes with some edited photos. I don't recall how many edited photos she was given away, but also two five by seven prints. Uh-huh. Now, what you don't know, or you may not know, is that that $19, Groupon takes 10 of it and you only end up with nine. Yep. So you're literally doing a photo shoot. Um, for free. You, for free. Well, you're paying to do the photo shoot. Yeah. Now, a thousand people... Um, let's just round it down to a thousand. It, you, you might feel like it's a great income because you you just got yourself 10 grand, right? After Groupon took its cut, you just got yourself $10,000. Woohoo. But you also got yourself about two years worth of steady work for $10,000. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, and, and angry people, like angry people when they don't get what they want. Yeah, because you're not available at a certain time or <clears throat> yep. you're not available at a certain date because you, you know, you're well, the the truth of the matter is that this person is actually still in business today. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if she ended up kind of backing out of it or okay, what well, or I would imagine that most of those people probably never um, came to her for photos. And believe it or not, that's how they sell it too. That's yeah. how Groupon sells it. They're like, you know, we only there's only a sixty percent redemption. Yeah, and but you're here's like, the thing: really? if if you're wanting to book people who are going to spend fifteen hundred dollars on the artwork from their session, Groupon is not the place where you should be investing your time doing advertising. Absolutely. So I mean, you we can say you can try it um, and. But I wouldn't even. I wouldn't say I, that. <laughs> I wouldn't spend my time doing it. It's just for me, it would just be a waste of time because those are not the clients that I want. So I'm going to go spend my time in a business networking group where I'm going to shake hands and meet mm-hmm. actual clients that you know I want. You're, yeah, you're better off doing that. So yeah. Um, so definitely try to stay away from these uh, social wholesale sites. Uh, try to stay away from print print media like. Uh, newspapers or whatever um 
if you if you can get some of the advertising on trade, like if you mm-hmm. if, if give it a try, right? If you can if you can spend a couple of hours shooting something for the magazine, and they're they're going to give you a, a free you know spread or one page or even a quarter page, give it a try. And I mean, if it works out for you, great. You know that yep. could be that could be a legitimate uh, venue uh, for advertising. But chances are you're going to be in a position where You've done the work. You have this fancy ad to look at, but you get nothing from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, at the end of the day, you have to uh, kind of figure this out. And it's this is a proven formula. You have to figure out your target market, and you have to figure out what your target market uh, responds to, and then you have to uh, insert yourself into the medium that that target market is responding to. Um, so for me, uh, for my printing, uh, I uh, I know I do a lot of work for professional photographers, but you know this dad group is is phenomenal. It's it's bringing me a ton of business, which is which is great. So that that that's that's one venue. You know, for my uh, wedding clients, um, for me, Facebook advertising is working very very well. Mm-hmm. It allows me to target uh, certain people, certain demographic. And, you know, there's a couple of things that I refined that um, uh, sort of allowed me to get the client I'm after. Um, It it has to do with the age group, but it also had to do with education. You know, by me uh, targeting people with higher education, I found that they had a little bit more money to spend, uh, probably because they had a better job or perhaps uh, their family is a little bit more wealthier because they were able to send them to a a school like that. You know, and... (laughs) Sharing this information with other people, they've said, well, you can't assume that, you know, and fine, I don't have to assume it. I'm going based on facts. This is this is how Facebook has sort of been paying me dividends. Now, we are spending about $150 Canadian uh, on average every month, and uh, we're, we're booking a couple of weddings every month at least. So um, our return on investment is fantastic with Facebook advertising. Now, mm-hmm. I suggested this uh, very boldly to a couple of other people, said, yeah, you're going to love it. And they've sunk $200 US in their first month and they got zero. Yep. So I think a lot of it has to do with your brand already. If you have an established brand, then then so be it. But um, a couple of things to keep in mind too is don't get too involved with Facebook pages because... Um, <laughs> You know, everybody chases the amount of likes they oh, have on goodness. the Facebook page. It it doesn't matter. My first client through Facebook uh, was when we just first rebranded, and our page only had 150 likes. Right, we got our first very first client, and of course, I forgot to turn my phone off. Who is calling? <laughs> Who is it? Well, it's like across the room. Is it I don't... Stevie Cake? Probably. Hi, Stevie Cake. <laughs> Big shout out to Stevie Cake. Um, I'll, I'll just let it ring out and then I'll have to get it after we're done. Uh, otherwise, you'll, you'll just hear a bunch of rumbling. And But um, <clears throat> anyways, um, yeah, so uh, thanks for the interruption, whoever that was. Stevie Cake. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, Facebook likes. Yeah, yeah. And so Facebook likes uh, is a dangerous th- thing because... You know, everybody everybody always posts on, on their own wall and or to their friends rather. Hey, I just got a Facebook page for my business. Please go go check it out and give it a like. Yeah. And it's kinda okay. like I actually don't want to because I don't <laughs> want to see your content. Do you like, send 
invites to all of your friends to like your Facebook page? I do for a different reason. That's sort of my way to let them know that there is one out there. So if they wanted to yeah. recommend me for somebody, um, uh, they have a, a way to recommend me and they, they can embed uh, a link on Facebook on the on a friend's feed or whatever, right? Yeah. Like they can tag my page. So uh, yes, I do. I do send my page out to everybody. Um, so I actually pick and choose who I send invites to. Uh, I don't send invites to everyone. But you've okay. heard me rant and by you, I mean everyone listening has heard me rant already about Facebook likes and Facebook algorithms. And likes mean nothing. Um, it's engagement. If you have 15,000 likes on your Facebook page, but no one likes or comments on or shares any of your content, then those 15,000 people will not be seeing your content. Facebook only shows content to its users that is popular. So you will see content in your feed more often if it's being shared, liked, commented on, basically if people are engaging with it. So Facebook likes don't actually mean anything and they're not going to bring you business. So sitting in front of your computer and you know begging people to like your page, joining those Facebook groups for, um, for trading likes isn't really going to help you. No, exactly. And the other thing is don't sit on Facebook and look at your competition in the area and be like, oh, so-and-so has 2,500 likes. I must really suck at photography. Right. Yeah. Uh, our page has almost 7,000 likes and um, I barely post anything on it. And you yeah, know what? Yeah, you do. <laughs> <clears throat> it's, it, this works for me because um, I'm, I just have a placeholder. For me, Facebook serves as a directory mm -hmm. um, because... Well, that's pretty much what it is. That's that's all it should be. Every single yeah. client, uh, eventually, when they when the ad targets them, they reach out to me and they say, "Wow, stunning photos! Would love to see more. Mm -hmm. Can we meet?" Yep. Yep. That's what I want. I don't want to give you two hundred photos to look at and browse through so that mm -hmm. you can be like, "Oh, that's awesome. I'll call him later." <laughs> no, no, no. You, I, I want the hook, and. Once I hook you, I want you to come in and meet with me because <laughs> I close people in person a lot faster than I do on Facebook. Although um, the other, you know, I think I think you have to be a very personable, very relatable per person, individual, uh, and you can't be afraid to ask for the sale because yep. I, I do quite often book brides through Facebook Messenger. Yep. You know, hey, love your photos. Uh, are you available this date? Yes, I am. You know, do you want a book? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Here's my credit card number. You know, it's almost as easy as that for, for once once in a blue moon. Yeah. It's almost as easy as that. And then, you know, it goes from there. Um, do you know what one of my biggest pet peeves is with Facebook pages? Well, specifically hmm. photographers' Facebook pages. What is it? Um, when they pick their favorite photos and then they upload the exact same photo in color and in black and white and you know however else do people actually do that yes have you never been scrolling through someone's photos and you're like oh look there it is in black and white there it is in color <laughs> so i will i'll be the first one to admit that i that i listen to my own advice when i tell people stop looking at other photographers facebook pages <laughs> i don't look through other photographers facebook pages because oh. something you have to realize about social media is it's 
it's a it's an outlet for people to be somebody who they're not right? <laughs> um <laughs> my mom shared something on my facebook uh, wall that i haven't approved yet uh not for any reason really except for just haven't got to it but i did get a notification about it and uh when my mom discovered facebook she's just all over it she's it's pretty funny uh but uh long story short it's a little cartoon um i'm gonna open it right now so oh, i can no. kind of read it to you um and it's four old women sitting like in a ukrainian village yeah with you know in their uh headgear and their dresses i i am going to actually share it on in our their group. headgear like their braces no uh, <laughs> In their in their uh, uh, in headwear, I meant. <laughs> Anyways, these four old women are sitting with like an old laptop, uh, or they're kind of huddled around the old laptop, and so one of them says, uh, "You know, write something," and the one with the laptop says, uh, "But what?" And uh, the third one says, "Write hello, uh, my name is Anna," and then the fourth one says. I'm 16 years old. Oh. <laughs> and these women are like 70, 80, 90 years old. Oh my God. <laughs> right? And that's, Basically, that's, yeah. That's a fact, right? I mean, yeah. I can start a fake, you know what? I have a really cool idea for a project, for a sociological experiment. I can start a fake photography page and I can pretend to be this 22-year-old um, globetrotter of a photographer who is doing weddings in Paris and um, you know sipping coffee in Rome and uh, yeah. come you know all of that is not true like you nobody would be able to afford that yep. <laughs> sorry but the cool thing is people respond to that mm -hmm. they love this rock and roll lifestyle and when they see that on Facebook they're like oh I gotta have this person shoot my wedding mm -hmm. and you know and they meet them and you know typically these people are bubbly and they dress very well and you know then they then they look at their photos and they're like yeah they're okay <laughs> so it's, it's really up to you if you need the experience or if you want the product um, but at the end of the day Facebook is just that and so oh I don't God. really I think fake. my advice is just get off of Facebook for goodness yeah. sake <laughs> one of the best things I did recently was I actually deleted the Facebook app from my phone so I have the messenger app and I have yeah. the pages app so that I can answer messages from my Facebook page, but I actually deleted the Facebook app itself off of my phone. And do you know how much less time I spend on Facebook? It's amazing. <laughs> I guarantee you just saved at least an hour of your life. I day. seriously did because yeah. I would literally open my phone, I'd unlock my phone and I would go to Facebook because I had nothing else to do and the icon was there and I, I wasn't looking yeah. for anything. I would just open it and like <laughs> scroll through my newsfeed and I don't so, do that anymore. <laughs> and so, now I find myself opening my phone and I'm like, why did I open my phone? Exactly, I don't have so. anything to do on my phone. Why did I open it? <laughs> <laughs> the, the iPhone 7 that you just got will yeah. probably start making suggestion to you. And to it, get and Facebook? I, no, no, no. And I made, when you, when you have this app installed, for example. So I made this sad realization that I spent way too much time on Facebook when I would get home and I would take my phone out and a little thing would pop up and said, and it would say, based on your geographic location, Facebook. <laughs> Oh it boy. makes suggestions based on where you use the app the most and things like that. And I was like, but I'm at home. This is where my wife and my dog is. 
<laughs> so I, I really know if I'm in a doctor's waiting room or something and I'm just kind of like, oh my God, yeah. I'll pop open Facebook. If I'm, if, if I'm waiting for the eggs to cook and I'm just kind of standing around so I can flip them, I'll open up Facebook or something. But I've stopped opening Facebook when I'm just like watching a movie with my wife or something. Oh my um, gosh. You just it, can't Most help of the it, time, right? it's such a waste. I don't even want to talk about Facebook anymore. Can we just so, stop talking about Facebook? Yeah, <laughs> I am I, so tired of it. <laughs> I mean, when we have an episode about Facebook, it's... <laughs> It's going to be rough. It's going to be interesting. I know. Well, we'll, we'll do some good stuff about it, too. Yeah. I um, mean, there are definitely things that you can do with Facebook, but get, get off of Facebook, people. That being said, I really hope that you're in our Facebook group and go ahead and like our Facebook page. I know, right? We're such hypocrites. <laughs> but uh, we're at an hour, and I don't and I don't want to cut things short, but I do want to kind of get to a couple other things because the, the whole episode is kind of now what, right? So we're giving you some ideas to get out there and uh, start talking about your business, start branding yourself as um, you know a staple in the community, and hopefully some of the work starts pouring in. Um, a lot of times, uh, young photographers, people starting out are under the impression that they have to be ready to, to do the shoot. They have to have all the equipment in order to be able to do things. It, it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, we used to solicit, uh, major studio commercial work without even having a studio. And, um, I would basically approach real estate agents, uh, who were advertising large spaces and uh, I would ask them, like, look, I'm considering this for a studio. Let me shoot this one day and we'll go from there. You're evil. <laughs> no, it's it's true. It, it works. And I, and I wouldn't be lying to them. I would literally be considering that space for like a future home base. And the next time I would reach out to them, I'd say, you know what? I still haven't found anything. Uh, I, I want to use a different space, but I'll pay you. Like, I will literally give you a couple yeah. of bucks. And more than half the time, they just said, you know what? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Use the space. If you like it, give us a call. You know, we'll, we'll do something. There's a really cool hotel in uh, London called uh, Hotel Metro that uh, I actually tell people it's called Hotel Petro. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's really cool, funky boutique hotel. And before it was even a hotel, it used to be... Uh, interior design warehouse where they did a lot they, they basically stored a lot of their furniture there uh, that they sold they, they, they had offices there and it's a four-story building that was just awesome and before it became a hotel it was just it was cleared out by the demo crew and it just sat empty and um, I knew the owner through a client and basically the owner let me have it for almost a month just to shoot there I shot pets i shot bands i shot boudoir i shot headshots you photographed i photographed all <laughs> you, these things you keep saying i shot all of these things the more you say it the more like morbid it starts to morbid sound. yeah <laughs> death to all these things oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no we, we i photographed all kinds of clients mm -hmm. in there for a rate of nothing you know yeah. now having said that I, I I had all the lighting already, you know, and I had access to a lot of gear, uh, perks of teaching at a college and things like that, and just have a net, had a network of other photographers. 
So if I needed a really wide angle lens, I had a place to go to. If I needed a really long lens, I had a place to go to or mm -hmm. somebody to go to, right? If I needed an extra light, I had a place to go to. So that that was really cool to uh, to have access to that. But if you don't, there are studios like ours, for example, where we will rent the space to you. Mm -hmm. So if you do get a commercial client, don't sweat it. Just reach out to somebody who's out there who can actually rent the space to you or rent the equipment to you. Um, so don't run out there and buy all kinds of uh, studio equipment and maybe even secure a studio space for yourself before you even have the clients, right? There's nothing wrong for you to go back to episode whatever and listen to about needing clients at Starbucks, right? <laughs> we... We encourage you to be honest with your clients, with your future uh, bill payers, so to speak, and you know, tell them, yes, I can. you need a studio for this photo shoot, we can definitely take care of that. I have a couple of resources, and then send them some photos of these spaces once you secure them and yeah. let them choose if they have to. But uh, don't make the mistake of running out there spending thousands of dollars on equipment that you may, may use once may not ever use and you know the, so so it's a two it's a double-edged sword right it's kind of like uh, it's the whole catch-22 where you know you need you need experience to get the job but you oh also need the job to get experience right instead make sure you have the resources to get it rather than yeah. just having the whole arsenal yeah. um on another note um what kind of <laughs> I'm looking. Yes. I'm looking at my list here, uh, because you did mention something about uh, mini sessions, um, right? And I, and I just wanted, to, since my page is scribbled out because uh, we did this episode previously, I'm kind of reading between the lines here, literally. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what did you want to add about mini sessions? Well, a lot of people seem to do mini sessions as a way to generate a lot of um, income in a short period of time. And I don't like mini sessions. I find that people do mini sessions the wrong way, which is they offer a session, a 20 minute session for between um, 30 and $60. And they book a whole bunch of people for one day and then they give them like, you know, five to 10 edited digital files. And this is just the same thing as a, uh, as Groupon, right? Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. You're not booking the right clients doing your mini sessions that way. And I would like to do a full episode on like the right way to do mini sessions. But the original reason that we scheduled this episode was, you know, it's January. Yeah. And business can be slow in January. Uh, if you're just starting out, you might not be aware yet, but like after Christmas, people don't necessarily want to spend a whole bunch of money. So <laughs> we're kind of giving you some tips on uh, what to do when business is a little bit slow. Um, and yeah, business is slow in January. So this January, I planned a, um, a boudoir series for Valentine's Day. So on the 30th, I'm going to be having a full day worth of boudoir sessions. Um, and it's kind of like a mini session sort of thing in the sense that, you know, they're literally short sessions, um, but right. you know, the, the price tag is not small. So um, true to the way I run my business, um, each client is getting a product rather than digital files. Um, so this is something that they can give their Valentine for Valentine's Day. 
Um, mm-hmm. And the price tag is about $234, if I remember correctly. And then they can order additional stuff on top of that. Um, and I find that is the best way to do the mini sessions because it's not cheap, but it's like a good deal. So the people who are actually going to spend money with you are like, that's a good deal. I'm going to get that. Yeah. Um, and people in the past, the first person who booked was actually a woman who did a mini session in the past with me. And I think she spent like 600 to $700. Um, sorry. She did a boudoir session with me in the past. Okay. She spent six hundred to seven hundred dollars, um, and you know she just basically she emailed me and she goes, "I want to do another one." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so she booked, and then she referred like four people, and by referred I mean she absolutely demanded that they do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, mini sessions, you can do them to drum up business, but you need to format them properly so that people don't brand yourself into being the cheap photographer. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to let people know that this is, uh, you know, pricing for this one day Um, and actually give them like something like an actual thing. And then at the same time, recommend other products that they might buy in addition to your session. I don't know. What else you got? So what I have is, you know, don't do like a marathon. I mean, um, like I, I see people advertising boudoir marathons. You, mm-hmm. You're not going to get the product you're looking for. You, it's going to be rushed. It, yeah, you know, it feels like, rushed, doesn't it? When it, you say it marathon, it feels rushed. Yeah, you know, so maybe brand it a little bit differently. Um, so I, I'm kind of against mini sessions. But what I have done is uh, I call these things clinics. So I, I've done a mm. LinkedIn clinic. Okay. And um, what it was was basically you can book a headshot. <clears throat> and this headshot was to be used for LinkedIn. Now, I don't really care what you use it for. You could use it for business cards. You could use it for a billboard. I really don't care. But <clears throat> you would come into the studio and you would just get a studio headshot for $50. So all it costs you was $50, but you get you sit down, you get one headshot, and you leave. And literally, we booked people every 15 minutes. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm stealing this idea from you because it's I literally really cool. just posted yesterday about how people need to update their gosh darn LinkedIn I profile know. pictures. Did I, you I, read I, that? No, I didn't <laughs> even connect the two. I, I, now that you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so I had real estate agents come in to do headshots for their business cards. Totally cool. I don't care. You Literally, we took like three to five photos. We nailed the headshot because we it was the same lighting for everybody. You came in, we talked a little bit. I took down your information. I asked you if you wanted to join my mailing list. Yeah. Cl- right. Um, most everybody said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, I, I was like, you're cool if I add you to the mailing list. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, and then, um, yeah, they sat down. We did a we did a headshot. We looked at it on the computer, mm-hmm. and. They picked it out with me. I said, you know what? I think this is the sharp one. Yeah, perfect. Let's do that. Um, and they were out within 15 minutes. And they're like, wow, this is fantastic. Thanks. When can I expect this? Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like literally we were just, I had I had uh, somebody working on them right away. And quite often we would send them out as soon as we were done. And so they got a digital uh, file of their headshot that they could use on LinkedIn or whatever. I even had a person ask me, said, since I'm here will you do my passport photo and I was like well that's $50 he goes that's fine (laughs) 
here's a hundred bucks. He goes, I just, I just need one that will be guaranteed not, not to fail. And I'm like, that's, you're at the right place. <laughs> Had he taken a whole bunch of passport photos that failed? <laughs> um, not a single one ever failed uh, until a couple of months ago. One of my passport photos was rejected because it was my of my little nephew. Um, they were not happy with something. Uh, and it's so ridiculous. They didn't so tell ridiculous. you what? They well, I'm not the one who brought the photo in for the password. It was my sister mm. who brought it in, and uh, uh, the the photo they used instead is ridiculous. His mouth is open, his head is like sideways, and it had a lot to do with lighting. My uh, I guess my lighting, the background wasn't. And if you read the the things in the password photo criteria, you're allowed to have a light colored background, um, or the photo can be black and white if you want, like. It's, it's all in the rules. And so whatever she said that was wrong with it was actually in the, uh, in the guideline. So I was a little bit angry because I was like, I'm going to call them. And I, ne- I never followed up. <laughs> you know, I don't, don't really care. Yeah. I just hate that my sister had to spend another 20 bucks that day and, yeah. and run around with, with the kid. But um, uh, regardless, this, this worked. So this kind of mini session was good because I didn't overextend myself. Yeah. I didn't offer any product at a discount and I actually used it as sort of a networking event. Now, from this, I got another two real estate agents as clients because yep. they like their headshots. So now they call me to photograph their homes well, that they list. So Yeah. So with this series, I had a woman want to book, but she wanted to do it with her friend mm-hmm. and her friend is away on vacation that day. So she ended up booking the two of them in for the same week, but like double the price. Nice. So I sort of discounted the session fee. And by that, I mean, it is literally a shorter session. So if I'm doing a full boudoir session, it's going to be at least an hour. Um, whereas the the series event, each session is like 20 to 30 minutes. Um, so she's paying the same price. She's just getting more time. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, also, I kind of wanted to touch up on a couple other things. Uh, as you're starting out, uh, as you begin your journey to the professional photography um, guild, if you will, the... Oh, my God. <laughs> cult? You know, cult, yes. yes. Um, one thing that I'm asking you to do is please stop comparing yourself to your competition. Uh Get you off know, of Facebook. Get off of Facebook. <laughs> yeah. um, and because what's going to happen inevitably is you're going to see somebody uh, posting a lot. They're probably just posting more than you are. They're not necessarily working more than you are. They're just posting more than you are. And what you're going to start assuming is that they're better than you. And you're going to see that their style is different. And you're going to inevitably try to change your style. And I fell victim to a lot of this because I thought my clients wanted this kind of stuff. So remember like 10 years ago, everybody had... Um, Everybody was colorblind and was making photos yellow and kind of gross looking. Um, I literally (laughs) just sent you a canvas like that. (laughs) (laughs) There aren't any people in it, though, so it's fine. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) That is awesome. But, you know, I don't mind toning uh, photos at all. I actually kind of like it when you get kind of a matte tone or whatever. But when you, 
when you completely destroy the photo so that it looks like you know it was urine stained, so to speak. Um, <laughs> yes. You're you're just you kind of. That's awful. Well, that's what it looked like. <laughs> so, um, I'm sorry, everybody who has these photos hanging on their walls and. But I tried this. I have to admit, you know, I would see this style and like I'm talking about 10 years ago and I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is what wedding clients want. So Mm -hmm. I started kind of doing some of this work and I hated it and I Mm -hmm. took it all off and I deleted my stuff and I'm like, I hope I never see it again. Um, (laughs) You know, but I learned a valuable lesson is be yourself and do what you do well, right? Because there's a really good chance that the person who has the style you envy is looking at your Facebook page going, oh man, why does this person's photos look look better than mine? Mine look all yellow all the time. <laughs> you know what? Um, I have two things to say in relation okay. to this. Um, always look at photos. Like look at lots and lots and lots of photos and the things that you like, emulate them. Um, there's nothing wrong with copying other people. It happens Absolutely all the time. Not. Use Pinterest. Yeah. If you like the lighting, figure out how to do that kind of lighting. If you like the tone, figure out how to do that tone properly. I have seen people who really like this, you know, dark tone image thing mm-hmm. um, where the image is sort of desaturated and the contrast is lowered significantly and it looks like it's underexposed, but it isn't. Um, and then I've seen people try to emulate it and it's like, actually underexposed like they just shoot the photo underexposed yes um do it properly so figure out how to do what you like properly however don't be looking on facebook at your local competition and being like why is so and so working so much more than me and they're charging like two hundred dollars do i need to charge two hundred dollars for a wedding because that seems to be what's exactly. getting exactly don't do that because yeah. you're just going to lower your price and then you're not, you're not going to be able to support yourself um, and in most cases, those photographers aren't fantastic and they'll just make you feel really horrible about yourself because of course <laughs> they're getting booked for $200. Well, it's because they're charging $200. It's not because they're a good photographer. So just remind yourself of that. Yeah, And you get what you pay for. I exactly. Mean, that's, that, that's the bottom line. And I mean, <laughs> we're not telling you how much to charge because... I mean, that's yeah. a formula that we're going to do an entire episode on, you know. If you're starting um, out and you're doing like a $200 wedding, just be careful that you're not overextending yourself to provide this inexpensive service. Um, but, you know, if you're charging $1,000 and your competition, well, in air quotes, competition is charging $200, um, don't compare yourself that way because you're not providing the same service. Absolutely. I have to, uh, I have to thank Hannah right now. She just walked in the room and brought me a plate of food. Aww. <laughs> and it's delicious, and I'm gonna start eating. My cat hasn't brought me food. He's just sitting here meowing, and I'm sure you can hear him all through the episode. He's kind of pissed off. There's so many people in the house; like all the animals are locked in different rooms, and I think he wants out. Probably. He's. Have you heard him? Mew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard him this whole time. So. He's so well, cute. <laughs> and he, by the way, everyone, he sounds like he's like adorable and teeny tiny little kitten. He's not. He's huge. He's a monster. He's a ginger monster. He's enormous. <laughs> <laughs> I liked when you lived in London and I could come and visit him. 
Was it was it Ego or Lego who you walked in the door and he jumped up on the back of the couch and like jumped up on your chest? Probably Lego, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, everyone, I have cats named Lego and Ego. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> They're adorable. They're also ginger, just like our our awesome friend Sophia. Yeah. <laughs> you should start a ginger cat rescue. I'm telling you. Ginger cat rescue? No, because I'll keep all of them, and then I will be the crazy cat lady. What's the What's the number of cats you need to be the crazy cat lady? <laughs> yeah, so there's three cats in the house, and believe it or not, people, we have had six cats in the house at one time. <laughs> at one time. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that you're no longer risking becoming the crazy cat lady. You're already there. <laughs> But it wasn't no. like, you know, stinky and stuff. Like they, they used their litter boxes. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> yeah. They were very polite that way. Um, awesome. But, but um, yeah. Well, on that note, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add <laughs> to our listeners? <laughs> on the kitty litter note. Um, <laughs> no. Like, just so everyone knows, we write down so much for these episodes in our notes beforehand, and then and then we end up not talking about some of it. So there's <laughs> there's always more that we're going to get to, and I am really enjoying the conversations that we're having in the Facebook group. Um, exactly. I have decided that I need a new camera bag, despite the fact that I do not need a new camera bag. Um, <sighs> but I would really love if everyone would get on the group and start sharing questions and stuff because i know that you have them yeah any feedback about this episode or questions you have because you're starting out yeah we um, don't we don't want to hear how good we are i mean we want to hear how good we are but well don't tell us in our facebook group go to the uh itunes page go to double exposure show that sorry double exposure dot show slash itunes and give us a five-star rating on there Um, we already we're up to a hundred stars total and we want we want more I'm greedy I want a thousand stars help us get a thousand stars I would like more than a thousand stars and just so you know all the stars I want all the stars we get to a thousand stars faster if you give us five stars yeah don't just give us one star because it'll take a really long time that would be five stars yeah Petro might cry if you give us a one star not gonna lie totally would (laughs) (laughs) Tang will cry oh yeah he'll he'll come and bite you um <laughs> let's go and bite you don't 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 tell me about that <laughs> um, hmm. yeah i would on our facebook group i would really like to hear what you would like to hear about so when we post the latest episode let us know what questions you have um we have added all of our guests to the facebook group as well so Carla's on there from last week's episode about finance stuff. So if you have questions about that, she is there to answer your questions. And she, you know, she knows what she's talking about, so she can actually answer your questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we're bringing you real world experts. Exactly. So this is uh, this is the best uh, money you haven't had to spend yet. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you're welcome for warning you not to do Groupon. Yes. <laughs> and we're sorry if you did Groupon. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I honestly don't blame people for trying that sort of stuff. Just. I wanted to try it. I'll be honest. Yeah. I, I, I almost did it. I almost pulled the trigger and then I was just like, I can't. Yeah. Well, cause it's new, right? It's neat. It's yeah. kind of a cool platform. It's just, it probably won't make you a whole lot of money. So 
Yeah. Yeah. How can people reach us otherwise? Oh, right. Hold on. I have to bring up my notes because I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) You can find the show notes for this episode at doubleexposure.show slash episodes slash 17. Um, Like we said, join the Facebook group at Double Exposure Show Group. Um, Leave us a five-star review on iTunes at doubleexposure.show slash iTunes. Tell your friends, share it with your coworkers. And also, um, thanks to Benjamin Edward for our artwork and aardvark. Did you want to say anything about the aardvark? Yeah, I guess I forgot that I mentioned it in an episode that we're not using, so... (laughs) <clears throat> I'm now the proud owner of the original Aardvark watercolor painting. <laughs> it is sitting on my table, yep. ready to go to a custom framing shop. And it's going to be custom framed, and it's going to proudly hang in my office. Yay. And I can't wait to see it. And I will <laughs> share it. If you want to see the final product, please go to our Facebook group, Double mm-hmm. Exposure Show Group. Yeah. Um, and also thanks to Ben Sound for our theme music. And I wanted to say thanks to Dave, the dude Moreland, for uh, turning his students onto um, onto our podcast. Some of them are starting to join the Facebook group. I hope yeah. that you guys are enjoying it. Um, Who Dave, wouldn't enjoy this? Dave was my teacher at Fanshawe. Uh, <laughs> I think, actually, oh boy. So I think... I am pretty sure that I was his first year of students at Fanshawe. First year of photography students. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I feel so bad for him that <laughs> <laughs> I think I broke him in well. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Me specifically, it, because if we've it, talked about this before, I was mean when I was at Fanshawe. <laughs> if, people, uh, if people can uh, survive Sophia, they can survive anyone. Yeah, uh, you're sort of the litmus... Well, paper test (laughs) yeah i think i was mean in his class and i think i was like i wasn't mean in your class but i was a shit disturber for sure (laughs) i think i argued with you in a class once you did because i loved it (laughs) about how i didn't do an assignment properly and you gave me a good grade and i was like what the hell is this petro (laughs) well i give you an 80 uh so it was an okay grade (laughs) In my books, a good for grade. For not a, doing the assignment properly, <laughs> that's a good grade. The problem was you met the criteria. So right. it's not that you do you didn't do it properly. It's that you met the criteria that I outlined. And <laughs> I have to tell you, you gotta you gotta give credit where credit is due, unfortunately. Yeah. So even though you you know, you would have you would have gotten ninety five, maybe even a hundred had you done it properly, so to speak, but you met all the points that I was looking for, mm-hmm. right? And unfortunately, because of rubrics, I kind of look at it and I'm like, oh, I got to give this an 80 because you you nailed everything. You know, it was properly exposed. It was sharp. It was cropped. What, I don't even recall what it was. I remember it was, it was a picture, red. It was a picture of Ben. Was it a picture of Ben? Yeah, it was a picture oh. of Ben. <laughs> he so, was painting. Oh, my goodness. It was a picture of Ben painting. <laughs> was it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recall this, but the, the, the problem was that you were meeting the... You were satisfying the problem, the client's <laughs> needs, and so you were you were able to get better grades than than people who did the work properly, but submitted an underexposed, yeah, uh, poorly cropped, not the right size, you know, yeah. And that's that's what it comes down to because you, it, it's not. I I had I just gave this uh, lecture yesterday in my portrait and wedding photography class about 
having a different taste in music. And uh, some people, uh, you know, I said, give me your favorite artists. And one, uh, one of my students said she likes Muse. Another one said uh, she really likes Alice Cooper. Well, those two people can't be different, <laughs> more different from each other. And I said, you know, would you go see a, an Alice Cooper concert? Yes. Would you go to see a Muse concert? Yes. Um, obviously, right? But would you listen to Alice Cooper? No, he's not really my cup of tea. Would you listen to Muse? Well, yeah, they're okay. I don't mind them. Well, reality is both of those people are really good musicians. They're really mm-hmm. good at what they do. They just produce different stuff. And so you have to give credit where credit is due. And I mean, that's why these people are getting, you know, multi-million platinum record deals and whatever. Um, the point is that photography is exactly the same because you are you as an artist are going to have a different feel, different look, different taste. And what you put out may still be really, really good. It might still be an excellent, technically excellent photo as well. It just might not be somebody's cup of tea. Yeah, um, well, you right. know what's funny when you say that? that we're arguing about how I did an assignment improperly and got a decent mark. Um, I, I had a studio assignment at Fanshawe, which was a three to one um, lighting portrait. And I got like 95 on it. Mm-hmm. And then I had <clears throat> like a an editing assignment to edit a three to one portrait. And I used the same portrait and I edited it and I submitted it and I got like, a 40 or something there like you go. <laughs> I failed the assignment and I was like uh how is this possible well it's not yeah. a proper three to one portrait I was like um I got a, like a 95 on the three to one portrait part of this portrait yeah. how is it possibly not a three to one <laughs> <clears throat> this brings me to another point <sighs> that I don't really want to discuss but, but the you're whole going th- to do it anyway I'm going to mention that the the way the the three to one portrait ratio is actually a two to one portrait ratio that they yeah. were intending you to reproduce. Yeah. Yet for some reason, everybody but me called it a three to one portrait ratio, yeah. and it just drove me bananas. It just drove me bonkers. Yeah. And I'm gonna bring this up another time because math is math. You can't really just alter it for fun. <laughs> when when the key light is one stop brighter than the fill light, the ratio is two to one. Stop calling it three to one. Conversation is over. You I'm know what? The, I'm the boss. I think we should have Michael <laughs> McLuhan on that episode because that was something that I dealt with. So we did the three to one portrait and then I went and did my co-op with Michael McLuhan. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, no, this is the actual physics of it. This is a three to one portrait. And I mean, honestly, to just your eye, it looks exactly the same, but not yeah. exactly the same, but pretty much pretty close started yeah <laughs> but doing the math after coming out of the fanshawe program and doing the math for him it was like oh my brain hurts <laughs> <laughs> so on that note thank you for sticking around with us for 90 minutes uh, <laughs> this is gonna be the longest episode ever <laughs> please uh, join the conversation on facebook um read the show notes on double sports show slash episode slash 17 and uh, we look forward to hearing from all of you about everything we talked about today and even some general feedback. So until and next week. And cats and dogs and stuff. You know, whatever you want. Fine. Cats and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, everyone. Bye.